Scams and fraud increase during times of crisis or uncertainty. Stay tuned to find out what you can do to spot and avoid scams and how AARP can help. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, bienvenida. I am thrilled to have you here. This is Jen Hempel, your host. Now, remember last month, we did an episode both in English and Espanol. We are doing it again, only focusing on scams and fraud so you can pass this on this valuable information to your familia. Today's episode is sponsored by AARP, and we are fortunate to have Karina Hertz with us to share her expertise on scams and fraud and how AARP can be a resource for you and your family. Karina Hertz is a Director of Strategic Communications at AARP, the nation's largest nonprofit, nonpartisan organization with nearly 38 million members. In her role, she oversees the organization's consumer-facing campaigns around multicultural and specialized audiences, including Hispanic, Latino, African American, Asian American, and veterans. Karina is a data-driven, results-oriented communications professional with 15-plus years of experience in the industry. She has a bachelor's degree in communications from La Universidad de Lima in her native Peru, a master's degree in journalism from Georgetown University, and a postgraduate degree in marketing management from Harvard University. She is also a member of Washington Women in Public Relations Society. In today's episode, you will hear why scams and fraud are so pervasive right now, as well as how the AARP Fraud Watch Network can help you spot and avoid scams and fraud, as well as resources for fraud targets. Lista, are you ready? Let's go meet Karina and learn more about frauds and scams. Bienvenida, Karina. I am so thrilled to have you here to talk about a very important topic. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, before we get started, Karina, I want to get to know you. I know my listeners want to get to know you, and I know you have some great stuff and insights about scams and fraud, but let us know about you. Tell us, how did you grow up? What did you see, hear, experience when it came to money? Well, I grew up in Lima, Peru, and I was the daughter of a medical doctor. My father was a physician. My mom uh, was a, she stayed at home with us. I'm the youngest of six. So even though my father had a very good job uh, and we were stable financially with such a big family, it was always a challenge to keep on budget. My mom was very good at budgeting. Despite the fact that she wasn't actually making the money, she would run the household and she would make sure that we had a pretty clear established budget day in and day out for anything, food to school supplies to, you know, to to just be uh, responsible with the money that was coming in and coming out. And uh, my father kind of stayed away uh, from it a little bit with this somewhat unusual, but he didn't know 
kind of day in and day out what was happening. He trusted my mom to make sure that um, she was covering all the expenses that were needed. And so I kind of had that um, set as an example that my mom was, you know, taking the lead and the finances of the house, but not necessarily having that balance between a couple that's, you know, at any given time aware of what's happening. It was all my mom. And so I, I think because of that, I grew up with a sense of how important it is to be financially resilient and how important it is to account for your expenses and just make sure that you, especially as, you, as you're as you raising a family, that you have that. So it's always been important, but it has been a learning process for me. I have to be quite honest, especially as I'm, after I moved to the States where things you know, it, are more expensive, just the quality of life gets a little bit more expensive depending on the city you're in. And so I kind of had that love-hate relationship with finances. And it's taking me a while to understand the importance of saving for the future, which is something that for a lot of people is daunting, but definitely necessary. I love it. And I love how vulnerable you were in sharing that. It's been taking a while to figure this out because it does take a bit. It's a journey. And I loved as well how you share that you have a love-hate relationship. I think many people are right there with you. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So let's get to the topic of today, which we're going to get really into the nitty gritty of scams and fraud. So tell us, Karina, why are scams and fraud so pervasive right now? And what can consumers do? What can we do? The reason why it's so pervasive now is because scammers are very good at doing something that they always do, which is taking advantage of the headlines, and they see them as an opportunities to steal money or sensitive personal information. So when we are at a very heightened emotional state, and this is certainly the case for us now as a society due to the pandemic, they are coming out of the woodwork with all sorts of scams because the hard part of what they do has been done for them, and it's generating fear. When we're in a state of fear, we're more vulnerable to make mistakes. And I just want to make very clear that when we say making mistakes or being a little bit more vulnerable is not the fault of the victim, right? So we never want to tell the victim that they're at fault for believing something or for doing something that they're unaware might get them into trouble. The real people that are at fault here are the scammers. So what we want to do is provide the information and the advice that we know can help not fall victims of a scammer. So what's happening is because we're in this state of fear, and let me be clear, scammers always been there. What they're doing now, they're tweaking their story, tweaking their methodology to uh, tailor it to be in response to the pandemic. And so with people that are in desperate need of uh, vaccines or cures, and they're seeking some sort of treatment, you know, they are going to be offering this false treatments and false cures. That's number one. I think that's what we're seeing. At this time, we know there's no vaccine treatment or cure for COVID-19. So we plead with you to please ignore those offers that make claims. Uh, the other uh, thing that we were seeing is in terms of testing, right? There is a lot of testing, conversations about testing. So we know that the scammers are continuing to create fake testing pop-up sites. So it's important that you check with your state or your local health authorities just for information about official testing sites and never, ever provide your Medicare number or health insurance card to anyone, but someone who is a trusted healthcare professional, because this is another way in which they can steal your identity. So that's more on the health aspect of things. 
But we also see that there are some economic type of scams that are happening, especially as some uh, folks continue to receive some of the stimulus payment. They are, they're cre- this has created a, a prime opportunity for scammers or people that maybe didn't qualify but thought they qualified for a stimulus payment. Um, you are going to get potentially scammers calling you saying that they can get you that money, whether that's making phone calls or saying that your bank account uh, has been compromised or that they needed to deposit some sort of payment to you whether that's unemployment benefits or any government help, just know that no one should be calling, texting, or emailing you about your economic impact payment or unemployment benefits or any of of the sort. And so it's very important that you follow information that is from a trusted source and that you can validate. So those are some of the things that you can do to to protect yourself when we have some other resources as well. Love it. Now, you kind of mentioned a little bit in terms of how are scammers taking advantage of the pandemic. You mentioned they are really looking at the headlines. The fear is already there because of what's being reported. Is there something else that you would add to that as to how they're taking advantage? You touched upon it, but I didn't know if there was anything else you'd like to add. Particularly around what I mentioned in terms of like the testing and the financial aspect of it is big. But there might be other things. So we've heard everything from people coming to offer to check your central AC at home, for instance, right? Because they will argue that the virus can spread through an unclean set of AC. So that kind of thing. Some people have knocked on doors and said, I can test you right now. And that's dangerous, not only from a health aspect, but because of your personal security, if you're opening the door to a stranger. But we know that they've they've, uh, done it. We've got reports of that. Another thing, donations, right? We will donate to people that are suffering from the virus, that are, you know, in critical condition, that sort of thing, or or to just a community that's struggling. We're not saying don't donate. We're saying verify. Verify that these are sources, donation sources that are valid, that are real. And also when you donate online, because we know that there is a lot of pricing going on. And so, you know, links or texts from sources that you don't know could cause a malicious software virus to be downloaded onto your device. And this is another way that they can get sensitive information, steal your personal information, access your financial information. And then it's very hard, even though you have bank protections or you may have bank protections, you don't want to be in a situation where your identity online is stolen and then you have to try to recover it and undo the damage at that point. Right. And I would like to ask another question because you mentioned it's good to verify, which I completely agree. And, but how do, and nowadays, sometimes it's easy to know what is true and what is not. And sometimes the, these people behind, <laughs> behind the scenes are so good at really mimicking and making it look legit. So can you speak to that? In terms of how, where, where is there a place we can go to just really verify whether this website is legit or not? Is does that? Yes, you're absolutely right. That they are extremely smart and savvy, and they know what to look for when trying to replicate an official, let's say, a website. So one of the things, if you're online and you know you're getting information that that appears or be, appears to be impersonating the government. One of the things you can do is look at the email address that's coming from. So we know that GOV is government, um, dot GOV. So if you say like, you know, CDC dot GOV, some people would change even a letter or or say, you know, CDC dot org. 
or cdc.com. Um, so those are kind of like the low hanging fruit that you can look for, but sometimes it's not enough. And so one of the things that we want to urge people to do is when in doubt, when something triggers that intuition and you're like, hmm, I'm not sure about that, you know, don't be ashamed to call our ARP Fraud Watch Network helpline to just run it by somebody who's consuming this information day in and day out and might flag something for you. Um, and we'll give you the resources, whether it's with the FTC or they would check it for you to see whether this is something that could potentially be a scam. So at that point, we ask that you call, ask, and in the process, what you're doing is you're reporting it. And it might help somebody down the road. If we hear enough of this particular type of fraud, then it'll help prevent other people from potentially falling victims to it. So the ARP Fraud Watch Network helpline is free. You don't have to be an ARP member and you can call and you can have, uh, you know, an expert talk about the particular scam that you might be exposed to and they can help you determine whether it's something that it's safe or it's something that you that will give you a pause and maybe you need to learn a little bit more about. And I want to share that phone number with you. It's a free helpline. It's 877-908-3360. And we'll, re we'll repeat it later on. But that's a good first step that you can take. It doesn't take a long time. It's free. And again, it can save you a lot of trouble and a lot of stress down the road if you're exposed to a particular scam. So the resources in terms of the fraud uh, network, you mentioned there is a database ba that is pulled from the different calls that you get. What are some, re this is obviously this is a resource, but are there other resources available to people targeted by scammers? Yeah, so I, I invite everyone to check out our website, um, aarp.org slash fraudwatch network. And so you'll see all the different resources by type of scam um, and even by type of victim. So some scammers start target veterans, for instance. So you will also see what type of specific scams and people are being targeted as well. And so, and the, it goes very in depth, you know, about the, the things that we're seeing specifically, how can you protect yourself? But we also have, you know, besides the area of fraud, the ARP in response to the pandemic, all the issues that we're seeing with it um, has also put together a page that's around the coronavirus in general. And so if you need to see resources beyond fraud, and into, you know, unemployment and financial uh, issues and caregiving issues, for instance, and all the things that, you know, our audience is interested in, in the context of the pandemic, we have a dedicated page for that as well. So you can check it out. Again, it's free. You don't have to be an ARP member to access this content and information. And you will also see, and there are some fraud information as well. That page is aarp.org slash coronavirus. And that's also an additional resource that's kind of wider, covers more aspects of what we're seeing, but it also has the goal to aid uh, people during the pandemic as they, you know, try to protect their finances. Right, right. One thing that I really respect about AARP is how thorough you all are. I definitely respect and admire that because with the different resources that are out there, you just don't just put a little bit, you seem to put a lot of thought through what you do. And I really appreciate that and that you offer it it's not just for members, but for the public in general. So I just wanted to say that. Now, what are some effects of scams and fraud that are really not discussed enough? You know, I think we could all use just discussing more. 
in general about the, the what we're seeing with scams, there's a lot of shame associated with this, Jennifer. I think, you know, there's a lot of stigma of people blaming the victim for falling victim to a scammer. And I think just a community, there's a lot of shame attached to it. I don't, you know, I don't want to look like I fell for this. And, and I think we need collectively to talk more about it. And again, the blame is not on the victim. The blame is always on the scammer, right? And so it can happen to anyone. And I, I think, you know, as a community, we cannot emphasize that uh, more. And we know that it is important to know how to spot a scam because research tells us over and over that if someone knows about a specific scam, they are 80% less likely to engage with a scammer. And if they do end up engaging with a scammer, they are 40% less likely to fall victim. So that's why it's so important that we talk collectively about that. I think, you know, we don't talk about certain types of scams uh, as much as we could, not necessarily in the midst of the pandemic, but we do see a lot of romance scams. People that are lured by somebody who pretends to be a potential mate and they ask for money because they are, you know, on travel and they start, you know, taking advantage of the victim. A lot of people meet online and start dating online, if you will, especially now in the pandemic where, you know, we're restrained physically from being as freely around other people as we were before. And that's something that we see over and over again, just in general. And that's, you know, before the pandemic, during, and I'm sure it will persist after, is people, you know, saying, you know, I'm, you know, a potential mate and this and that. And there's an underlying reason for that. And that's what we call a romance scam. And we don't talk about it as often as we could, again, because there's shame in it, right? If you were like talking to someone who is saying that's potentially a romantic partner for you, and then it ends up being a scammer. Nobody really wants to talk about that. But that's something that that is also very pervasive. Financial types of scams, again, uh, you know, if you end up giving your sensitive uh, financial information to somebody who's a scammer, there's also a lot of shame attached to that. But I think, you know, the more we put this out there, this information out there, again, we're preventing other people from uh, falling victim to it. So I, we think as, as an enterprise that it's important that we talk about this. Right. And thank you for sharing that it can happen to anyone. And I also love that statistic. You said if you're aware of the scams, you're 80% less likely to engage with the to engage, and then 40%. Yeah. If you end up engaging with the scammer for whatever reason, then you're still li- less likely to fall victim, 40% less likely. So just think about how your chances of falling victim decrease as you're more aware of the particular scam. Right. Because I know, and especially with emails, I've been so close because I, you have so many things going around around you. And which is why I, I love that you said anyone can fall victim to this because you have a lot going on and it could be they catch you on your worst day when your guard is down. So exactly. it's, that's not your fault. You've got, you have life going on. So I, I, I love that you mentioned that because I thoroughly agree that we just can't feel guilty or shame ourselves because they do this for a reason. They're good at what they do. (laughs) They are really good at what they do. Now, let's get more into the Latinx community. What are some types of scans that target the Latinx community? Well, you know, what we know, and I'm sure we don't know as much as we could, but what we know as it pertains to particular scams around the Latinx community, community at large, is that the scammers will take advantage of our kind of sense of community that we have. And they know that a way to get to a particular person within the community is 
to earn their trust. So the scammers are very good about infiltrating communities for this reason. And so if you are part of a church or a community group or a youth group or any sort of community-based organization or institution, they will try to infiltrate that. And how they go about that is they become friends with somebody that then can introduce them to more people. Again, just kind of infiltrating your circle of trust. So what we ask is be more wary about new people that you meet, even though if you're meeting them through friends or family or uh, community-based organizations that you trust. Anybody who's new, you know, ask questions. You know, a lot of people feel that they are, you know, that might be insensitive or rude to ask questions for somebody else that you don't know. But if that person seems especially interested in getting to know you in a very short period of time or trying to get quickly to personal information about yourself, you know, be a little wary, take some pause and ask questions back. Because we know that that's one of the the strategies that they use is they try to infiltrate your circle of trust at a community base. And so, and that's something that's specific to the Latino community that we see. And we continue to monitor, you know, what exactly, but again, the type of scam won't necessarily change. So this may be people that are offering cures for COVID, or they say they have access to a to a treatment that you might not be aware of. And so just things that, you know, to begin with are not true, but that you are, you may be hearing about a community-based uh, level, just be wary, just be uh, conscious, especially if it's somebody that you don't know and that you start seeing or, or somebody who's eager to get close to you and get, you know, your information and, and know about your family and your particular situation, kind of like the infiltrating the circle of trust is something that we see. Yes. Oh my goodness. That made me think a lot more just because you're right. Once, because in a sense in the Latino community, once you are in that circle of trust, you're in, you know, everybody recommends you or refers to you or whatever. Oh yeah, he's good or she's good. So I never thought about that that way, but it's so true. And donations, you know, we're, we're a very giving community, you know, nobody will question that that when somebody's struggling within the community, uh, Latinos, I think, you know, want to help right away. And again, you know, it may be in the form of donations. It may be in the form of an ask for money. Again, we're not saying don't do it, but just be sure that your money is going to what uh, this person or institution is saying where it will go, which is to help people and not, you know, something that will be used to steal your your personal information and, and uh uh, end up being part of a scam. So just very kind of heightened awareness of what's happening around you and the type of things that you're hearing. You know, it's, again, as a community, I think we are, you know, we don't want to be rude and we want to be trusting and that's okay. But, you know, we are in living different times. And again, scammers are coming out of the woodwork. So they will take advantage of that if they can. So just be have that higher awareness um, as you meet new people and as you hear new things. Absolutely. Now, one of the ways that we can help La Familia, who may solely speak Spanish, is to tell them about the Red Contra la Fraude. What other tools or resources can we pass, pass on to those families or those family members that only speak Spanish so they can protect themselves? Yeah, so absolutely. Red Contra el Fraude, so aarp.org slash Red Contra el Fraude, aarp.org, diagonal, Red Contra el Fraude. And we also have our Red Contra el Fraude uh, Spanish language uh, helpline. 
So that will be the same number that I shared before, 877-908-3360-877-908-3360. And that's the uh, helpline that we have. Also, we have experts in Spanish that can help to guide people that might have been exposed to a scam. Love it. Well, Karina, this has been a pleasure. I've definitely learned a lot. I'm thinking in a different way about fraud and scams. So thank you so much for being with us, sharing a a little bit about you and as well as and digging deep on fraud and scams. Thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to being here again sometime. Just a quick clarification on the Fraud Watch Network. They have a language line so people who speak Spanish as their primary language can get the help they need. What did you think? What was something new that you learned about scams and fraud? I know I definitely learned something new and it is such an important topic to be aware of and good to be in the know of the latest fraud schemes that are happening. Now, remember, scams and fraud can happen to anyone, you and me both. But if you can spot a scam, you can stop a scam. Make sure you visit the Fraud Watch Network. It's free. You can go to aarp.org forward slash Fraud Watch Network or aarp.org forward slash Fraude for the Spanish side. Those links I just mentioned will be in today's show notes, as well as the other resources Karina mentioned and the phone numbers for the fraud network, fraud watch network, that is. Next week, it will be just you and me for a solo episode where I will be giving you some tips on managing your money that are practical, simple, and which you can be consistent with because that is so key. So that is it. Eso es todo. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in today's show. Be sure to check out all the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 232. Remember, you can be the reina of your money starting now. You don't have to wait because it's a choice and it's in your hands. You've got this podcast and you've got me rallying right behind you. You've got this, tu puedes. Also, I would love it that when you listen to this episode, take a screenshot or a selfie and tag us in your Instagram stories with at Matters and the hashtag of the same name, HerDineroMatters. Thanks again for listening y nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.